You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Savian! Cracks it over the line, high slot. The Bruins right out in front of a far side. The Caps... Trying to feed it out in front with three. And it's rimmed over to the near side as Carlson touches. Game over. Series over. The Boston Bruins, after dropping game one against the Washington Capitals, run the table. The Bruins are on to the second round of the playoffs as they down the Capitals here in game 5-3-1 and win the series four games to one. And that, boys and girls, is the proverbial kick in the nuts that was the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs for your Washington Capitals. Welcome to the Bob Matthews Show, everyone, as the SportsJourney.com radio network is back on the air. Caps insider Samantha Pell of the Washington Post joining us in just a few minutes for the season finale of our For Whom the Pell Tolls segment. Now, before we get to Sam, some observations, and I don't think we're breaking a lot of new ground here, but we need to go back and kind of do a post-mortem on this, as I am sure the front office is doing right now. We are expecting to hear from Peter Laviolette and some of the players here in the next couple of days. So our thoughts here after roughly 24 hours to digest this one. This is a franchise that is at a crossroads right now. Can't deny, and I know people will, I guess, to play devil's advocate, say that they think that they'll point to the fact that there have been a, a number of, of disappointments in the playoffs uh, the past three years, certainly. I mean, that part's not up for debate. It's completely unacceptable with the level of talent that this team possesses. Just in the, what, last eight, nine years? Seven division championships, three President's Trophies, and Stanley Cup in 2018. That ain't bad. The core of this team is getting up there. And what I think needs to happen is, overall, I think Brian McClellan has got to get some youth not so much at the top of the roster, but at the bottom of it. Uh, now, and, you know, I am you know, no expert on hockey personnel, don't ever claim to, but it seems to me if we're worried about players in the top six getting nicked up at the end of the year, playing through injuries in the playoffs, the question that I want to ask is, does, is that because they're asked to shoulder too much of the load during the regular season. You know, do you need more dynamic players on the third and fourth lines? And I think the answer to that question is yes. As, as much as it, you know, pains me to say so, um, I think that, you know, maybe you do need to blow up that HDH line uh, that, that the Capitals play on the fourth line, which is Hathaway, Dowd, Haglin. Not that they're not good players and not that they have contributed because they have, but, 
I think it's time to start getting some of the kids in there. Now, I know that the Capitals farm system has been maligned for a few years. You know, the rap is they've traded away most of their best prospects, uh, with the exception of Connor McMichael, who everybody says can be, you know, has a chance to be special. But, um, you know, if you if you check the standings, uh, the Hershey Bears won the AHL regular season championship this year. There were no playoffs. They won their division. I That's got to say something about those guys down there, besides Connor McMichael. I think there are a number of them that you need to give serious consideration to putting on this roster. I mean, McMichael, Faravari, um, Axel Johansson Fallaby, or however you pronounce it. I'll, I'll, I'll get it right next year, okay? Uh, and, and a number of others. Uh, Phoenix Copley's played lights out. I, I, yeah, I, I think this team has three young goaltenders that might be able to play this game. But the two biggest things that they have to, two biggest questions I think they have to answer. Well, one's not a question. The two biggest issues they've got are two of the guys that are supposed to be carrying them forward from here on out. Uh, one of those guys they need to say something to, and I'll tell you what that is. Another guy they need to ask one question of. I'm talking about Yevgeny Kuznetsov and Ilya Samsonov. Kuzi was the best player on the ice in the 2018 postseason and a major reason why the Capitals won the Cup. Hell, he was the reason they finally beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And Ilya Samsonov, for... Three games, for games three, four, and five, was the best player on the ice for this team. That's just the bottom line. So first got to deal with Kuzi. And I think Kuzi, you have to ask him a question. The question you have to ask him is, do you want to play hockey at a high level? Do you want to be a perennial MVP, because you have the talent to do that. If you don't, tell me. Just tell me. I I will not get mad. We've all seen the quotes in that story where he says, you know, the the playing like Ovi and having the dedication like Ovi does is is not his thing. If he doesn't want to do it, fine. Uh, Get rid of him. I mean, you know, the last three years, think about it. He's gone from being the best player on the ice in a Stanley Cup championship run to being the subject of a video in a room full of Peruvian marching powder, getting popped not once, not twice for COVID protocol, and, oh, by the way, missing a team function that got him suspended for a game or sat down, not given a jersey. Uh, Did nothing in this series once he did get back on the ice except wipe out what could have been a momentum-changing goal by Lars Eller late in the game. So, you know, if the answer to the question is no, he really doesn't want to, you know, be a guy to carry a team, fine, trade him. Get what you can for him. If you got to eat some of his salary, do that. Because if he can't be that type of player, I don't think the Capitals have a use for him. Now, it's a little bit different with Samsonov because he's younger. He's only 23. You don't have to ask him a question. You have to tell him 
something. And what you have to tell him, sit him down and tell him is this. You have to tell him that he's got a million-dollar talent, and right now he's got a five-cent head. Uh, Kuzi is not the guy he needs to emulate. If you want to emulate a Russian, it needs to be Ovi, not Kuzi. So if it's me, I'd, I'm sitting Samson off down and saying, Sammy, uh, you've got the talent to be the number one goalie here for the next 10 years. Hell, he's made everybody pretty much forget about Braden Holtby. But what I've seen the last two years is disturbing, and it's worrying, and it needs to stop right now. You need to grow up, and you need to grow up right here, right now. No more ATV accidents. No more being late to team functions. No more getting popped in the COVID protocol. You're the guy that's going to carry this team. You don't have the luxury of being asked if you want to do it. I'm telling you right now, this stops, or you will find yourself out on the street. It's just the bottom line. If they can solve those two problems, I think everything else falls into place. Who you protect, who you don't protect in the expansion draft, all that stuff. So there you have it. I think by September, uh, when training camp starts, you're going to see a much different team. I think that the core will still be there. I think there's even a chance that um, that they protect T.J. Oshie in the expansion draft. In fact, between the two, I'd rather see Oshie protected than uh, than Kuznetsov. You know, if Kuzi happens to happens to uh, get nabbed by Seattle, good riddance. You know, calling Connor McMichael. It's time for you to. It, it is. It's your turn. Washington Capitals insider Samantha Pell joins us for the season finale of For Whom the Pell Tolls. And Sam, after last night, I think we can definitely say it tolls for the Capitals, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, last night's outing was, I guess, pretty lifeless, I think, uh, in the first couple of periods. And yeah, I mean, just season comes to kind of an abrupt end and you're kind of left with, okay, third straight season with the first round exit. And uh, where do they go next? By the way, you are more than welcome to use for whom the Pell tolls when you when you launch your own podcast when the post makes you do that. <laughs> totally use that. Okay, perfect. Title. I might steal it then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have my blessing. Absolutely. Um, it, it, so you know, you look at it, and the Caps seem to play progressively worse as the series went on. the The narrative that came out of last night is that this is a team that is in transition, and I always hate to ask uh, to start uh, start a question for a reporter with what do you think but what do you think the odds are uh that <laughs> general manager brian mcclellan blows this roster up to a certain extent yeah i think it's a pretty good question i i don't think he blows it up completely i think you know rebuild isn't really the right term here but i do think there are pieces that need to be removed and other people need to come in i think a lot of the talk has been about age and while, you know, the Capitals veterans have been great and, you know, Ovechkin and Backstrom and Carlson, uh, you can kind of tell, or as you can see their age more on the ice, you can tell, you know, that a lot of them were hurt. And so a lot of people kind of want that new younger blood um, in the mix. So maybe we do finally see that. I think the Capitals know that their window, you know, is pretty much closing with 
Alex Ovechkin and Backstrom and everyone at the core. And so, yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to rebuild, but I definitely think big names are probably not going to be there next season. Can they, can they in some way use the, what the Bruins have roster construction wise, you know, as a blueprint? I mean, obviously the core is the core. These guys have won division titles and president's trophies and a Stanley cup. And I get, you don't want to break it up. And it seems like a lot of them, Ovechkin included, have a lot of good hockey left in them, but is it that they need to combine some youth maybe on the, in the back end of the lineup? Yeah, I think, you know, I think youth would kind of help with that. It's it's sort of weird, right? They had Jacob Verana, who a lot of people saw as their youth, you know, movement and how he can maybe become a star here in Washington. And Brian McClellan goes ahead and trades him and Richard Ponick for Anthony Mantha. And, you know, Mantha is still young. Mantha is kind of a core part, I think, of this team moving forward. But he also, you know, didn't really largely show up in the postseason. Um, so that's another, you know, interesting topic is how does he kind of fit into their plans now? Um, as compared to maybe earlier, but I think the Bruins construction, you're spot on there. I think what they have and what they've built around is really smart and, you know, the lines that they've had and the new players. So maybe the Capitals try to take a little bit um, from them, but I'm sure as always, Brian McClellan is always thinking three steps ahead and probably already knows what he wants to do with this team. Yeah. Well, if you compare him to me, he's probably thinking about five steps ahead, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> this whole Evgeny Kuznetsov thing, I want to get into the weeds on this here. How if they trade him, I mean, how likely is it that they can find a willing trade partner that will give them something close to market value with his contract? I mean, how does that work in the NHL when it comes to the salary cap and money and everything? Yeah, I mean, I think with Kuznetsov, it's it's all about the potential still. I mean, he's still a fairly young player, had, you know, obviously the best playoff run uh, for the Capitals in 2018. So, He's shown flashes, obviously, this season. The last couple of years is just all about consistency. And um, a lot of off-ice issues this year obviously contributed to a lot of that. But I think finding a team willing to get him might not be the hard part. I think it might be the return um, on Kuznetsov, just because he is a talented player. We've seen a bunch of talented players move around. Um, but, yeah, I think at this point, the Capitals probably try to need to move on from him in, in some capacity. When you when you look at you know the the websites that track the, the salary cap and everything, I mean you you really don't have you've got a lot of guys there um, that you know that are under contract already for next year. So if you want to get some young blood onto the roster, how do you do it? Yeah, it's going to be all about trades. It's going to be what happens in the expansion draft. Who do they expose? Who do they decide to bring up? Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of trades. It's going to be. The expansion draft, those are probably the two biggest things. And of course, you know, we, we, we don't know who they're protecting yet. Obviously, everybody thinks that the TJ Oshie will probably be left unprotected. Is it a slam dunk that, that Seattle in the expansion draft would take Oshie if he's not protected? I, mean, I know he's from up there and he's a, great, he's a great locker room guy, but he's still 34 and he carries a pretty high price tag. I mean, if you're an expansion team, do you want a guy like that, especially if they were other guys on the caps roster that are unprotected. Cause you're only taking one player from every team. Right. Right. And I think with Seattle, I think if the capitals did leave Oshie exposed, I think they probably see, you know, an ex captain in Oshie. I think they kind of bite the bullet on the contract, which is why the capitals would expose them in the first place is, you know, money contract um, amount left on his contract is four years. So, you know, I don't think also it's a slam dunk that the Capitals do expose TJ Oshie at this point. I think he had a fairly good season, all things considering. 
you know, he is such a heart and soul guy in the room and maybe Brian McClellan decides, you know what, I I'm okay with this contract, at least for next year. And we're going to try to find other pieces to build around that uh, versus give up on kind of, kind of the goal um, this quickly. What about, what about help down on the farm? I know everybody talks about it and, and, and everybody says, oh, there's, there's not that much in the pipeline and Connor mm-hmm. McMichael's not ready yet. Although I, you know, I, I don't know what more they would want from him. Although, you know, I am a dope, so I, I don't know, but I mean, you look at Hershey. I mean, they, they did have the best record in the AHL. They won their division. Is there really, you know, am I, am I missing something when I look at those prospects, when I look at what they've got down there, is the pipeline really that bare? Yeah, I think it's mostly the forwards. I mean, you know, the defense has been there uh, for quite some time. You have a Martin Saravari, Alex Alexiev, uh, a couple of those guys that could really see kind of jumping into the lineup, depending on, you know what happens with uh, Zidane Chara? Is he going to be a capital next season? Is he going to be in the NHL next season? Uh, we don't even know. Do they expose, you know, a Brendan Dillon or a Justin Schultz? Do they go to Seattle? And then that opens up another place on the blue line. Um, same with Orlov. His trade value is probably pretty decent considering his showing this season and in the postseason. So I think there's still a lot of things to be looked at. But just in terms of prospects, you know, Connor McMichael is probably, yeah, the first name that pops in your head. And I agree with you. I'm not sure that he needs to do any more in Hershey um, at this point, especially if they decide to kind of go away from Kuznetsov and now you are in need of a, you know, a high demand center. Maybe Lars Eller kind of moves up to the second line and McMichael could fit in there in the third or the fourth, but um, Protoss is probably another prospect that the Capitals really like. He just hasn't had any time, you know, with the Capitals. So maybe he's another splashy name, but it's, it's going to be an interesting off season. I think there's going to be a lot of moves. And of course, the story you and I have been following, we still haven't seen Connor McMichael and Connor McDavid in the same room at the same time, correct? That's right. We, we still have not confirmed that they're actually different people. Okay. All right. I'm going to get Scully and Mulder on this at some point. In time. <laughs> oh my God. I just realized that, ser- that television series was probably on before you were born. Well, I feel old now. Oh, well. Um, uh, goaltending wise, it, it kind of worked out this year, although what is, from your sense, what is the front office's view of Ilya Samsonov? I mean, you know, kids got a, gotten a track record the last couple of years and not making some very good decisions off the ice. Are, are they as worried about him as they are about Kuznetsov at this point? Yeah, you know, I think, I don't think so. I think Samsonov's, you know, still a young kid. I think he's still kind of learning his way and um, I think with Samson off his production on ice can kind of help a little bit with that decision. I think, you know, he played pretty well, honestly, in the postseason after not playing the first couple games, but I think with him, it's probably all about mindset mentality. It's if capitals management feels like they actually trust him, um, and they want to move forward with him. I think the other option that maybe the capitals tried to do before the season was go out and get a veteran goaltender for a year or two, see how that works, use them as a tandem. And then you can kind of make your decision after that. So maybe you see kind of like a restart and a redo of this season, essentially from a goalie standpoint. Once he got on the ice in the postseason, I mean, were they impressed? It seemed, you know, it seemed to the untrained eye, like he played pretty well and kept them in, kept them in a couple of those games that maybe they didn't have a business of being in. Yeah, definitely. You know, game three, everyone will talk about, you know, the miscommunication with Schultz behind the net, obviously did lead to a goal, but ahead of that point, I mean, Samson kept them in the game, the Capitals, really didn't look good um, in the third period or the first overtime of that game. And Samsonov was there for basically everything. He stopped 17 shots in the first overtime period. So 
I think they were pretty impressed with how he came in. I know other people outside the organization were impressed with how he didn't look rusty at all after not on the ice for two weeks, how he looked calm and net. Um, just his presence was kind of one of those efforts that makes you think twice that, okay, maybe, maybe he still got it. So I think for him, his future is still young. It's just going to all depend on that trust, um, I guess, on and off the ice. Talking with Samantha Pell, beat writer for the Washington Post, covering the Washington Capitals. And of course, Alex Ovechkin, Ovi is a free agent here fairly soon. His contract runs out. Any chance at all that this spins wildly out of control and he leaves town? I mean, Ted Leontis has said before, he's coming at this from an emotional standpoint and he's going to do everything he can. He, he's going to resign him, right? Yeah, you know, Ted Leontis has said he's not concerned about it. You know, he talked before the playoffs and said, look, like we're just focused on this, not worried about Alex. Brian McClellan's also said multiple times in season that they weren't worried about it. They were just figuring out the details. Alex has basically said the same thing. Uh, so we don't have an update on his contract status yet, but hopefully there's more answers in, you know, the next days or weeks. But this could be something where we don't see Ovechkin signed until free agency just because of the expansion draft. The Capitals could protect an extra forward if they left Ovechkin exposed. And, you know, it might happen, it might not, but they did the same thing with TJ Oshby in 2017 and things worked out. Okay, explain that to me then, because again, coming at it from a, a hockey fan, but non-expert point of view, if you leave Alex Ovechkin exposed in the expansion draft, why wouldn't Seattle want the one the best player of his generation you know to make a big splash their first year in the league it's it's not inconceivable that they that they don't put a good roster together I mean look what Las Vegas did right so the thing is if Seattle takes Alex Ovechkin he doesn't have a contract right Mm -hmm. so he would have they would have to negotiate a contract before free agency and if Alex says no I don't want to sign a contract I'm going to go to free agency he's allowed to do that and then he's allowed to hit the free agency market, even though Seattle picked him in the draft because he doesn't have a contract. Okay. So, so there's, as, there's a risk there. <laughs> so, but, but it's a risk in that he could then come back and resign with Washington, right? Correct. Yeah. From the Seattle point of view, probably right. not smart okay, to, sign from Ovechkin, the Se- or to select Ovechkin because they still have to sign him. So they would have to negotiate a whole new contract with him. And you only get, and you only get one pick from every team. If a guy turns you down, you don't get to come back Correct. and get another one, right? I okay. Only if they're sense. only if they don't have a contract. But if they have right. a contract, they're Seattle's. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So if they're under contract, you don't have a choice as the player. If you are a free agent, you can you can say no and go back to your old club or anybody you want. Right. Got it. In that situation. <laughs> Makes sense. And see, dear listeners, now we know why all of this has been talked about. Now we've explained it. Um, Sam, I am, uh, let's see, one last question before we let you go. Um, all of these, you know, off-season moves and these seismic shifts that we're all bracing ourselves for, when do we expect them to start? I mean, when, uh, obviously, we got to get through the playoffs. When does Brian McClellan start retooling this roster, do you think? That's a great question. I think, honestly, we'll probably have more answers in the next couple of days when McClellan talks and kind of explains his vision for the offseason. But I mean, just of a timeline, the last day of the Stanley Cup playoffs is probably going to be July 15th. The expansion draft, I think, is a week after that with the draft a couple of days after that. And then free agency starts July 28th. Yeah. Um, so I would expect, you know, moves to be made probably sometime in between when the playoffs end. 
Um, and then, you know, up to the expansion draft, maybe you see guys already traded and not exposed like a Kuznetsov or, you know, a Brendan Dillon or someone like those big names. But definitely, I would say, I would say in July, keep your eyes open. <laughs> Tell you what, July's going to be busy. We'll have that. We'll have the start of training camp at the end of the month for the Washington football team. It's going to be busy July and August this year. We'll take definitely. it. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Sam, if people want to follow you on Twitter because uh, they can keep up to date with everything, what's the Twitter handle? Uh, Twitter handle is Samantha J. Pell. Um, and yeah, all of our stuff is on WashingtonPost.com. Have a bunch of content coming out probably this next week. And then, yeah, all the way up to July, August. And then everything starts again back in September. Awesome. Well, I hope you get a vacation in between that time. <laughs> I hope so. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> Excellent. Samantha Pell, thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I tell you what, Sam is going to have one busy offseason. But that is going to do it for us for now on the wall says we got to get out of here so does mick by the way don't forget you can catch us at iHeartRadio, the sportsjourney.com website as well as itunes spotify podbean and wherever fine podcasts are sold hey we got football later this week washington ft with otas starting on tuesday we'll talk about it later in the week have a good one like the wise man once said if you're out on your bike tonight as always we're white Washed his hands.